Okay, today's daf is Shabbos daf Nundal. We are on Nun Gimel Amud Beis, a few lines from the bottom. Rav Nachman by Yitzchak Amar. So we were discussing, we are trying to figure out what the word Levuvin meant. So we had a few uh, answers. Either it meant that the uh, rams would go out tied one to the other, like in peers, and Levuvin meant close together, like uh, the love. We see the Pasuk in Shir Hashim, that was option number one. Option number two was the end of yesterday's year that there was a cloth, like a, a leather guard, chest protector, to protect them against the wolves. And we tried to figure out why the wolves specifically attacked the rams while they would not attack the female goats. Uh, so that was the second option, that levuvin, like lave, something guarding the heart. Here we go, we have number three. So Rav Nachma Yitzhak Amar, so there was some type of uh, leather they would tie near their zachrus, which means the uh, reproductive part of the ram. Why would they do that? In order to, to get them away from the female sheep. Obviously, this was not the time for them to be breeding. So we're going to see that there were different methods they used to use to either increase their fertility or to stop that. So I actually spoke to our friend Aaron Hellman today. So he said that, they were talking about the daf, that they do have uh, contraception for animals, if you would like to know. But he said that it's typically very expensive and it's not used. Usually they just uh, end up doing other things. So back in the day, if they wanted a te- uh, temporary contraceptive, what they would do was, they would some type of a belt, some type of leather thing to keep that from happening. How do I know that that's what it was talking about? Where do you see Levuvin? Where do you see that? So the Gemara says, if you look at the Seifa, the second part of our Mishnah said, and the ewes could go out, they could go out, watch Shechuzois, my Shechuzois. They would lift up their tail uh, in the air, basically, to expose that area. Why? So that was to increase the fertility. So if the ratio. Makes sense. Kedushla yalu on the kevus. V'seifa kedushla yalu alein zaharn. Different times or different uh, goals of the owner of these animals. So it makes sense that this whole parsha is the fertility slash contraception discussion. So it makes sense that the first part was to protect the zachrusan, and the second part was to increase it. Now my mashma the high shechuzos lishna de galui who who told you that this lashon this terminology of shechuzos. That's a lashon of being revealed. So we're going to bring a pasuk. The pasuk says dechsev. It says in Mishlei vihine isha lekrasay that a woman goes out shis zaina unetsuras lev that her, her she's exposed like a zaina unetsuras lev and it surrounds her heart. Her heart is full of zima. If you look at the rishonim on Mishlei. So what is this telling me? So Rashi says shiz zaina is notrikon dishchazais. Shiz zaina is uh, abbreviated is a uh, the the back the background of the word of shechuzais is shiz zaina. How you figure that out? That's a whole discussion regarding words. But let's just take it as is that shechuzais comes from the lashon of shiz zaina of being exposed. So that's what it meant when the user go out shechuzais. Next. The next part of the mission was harachelois, yoitzois, kevulois. They go out kevulois, they're tied. So what's going on here? So my kevulois, shemechablin ha'alya shalahen lamata. They would, in, in, in this regard, they would tie their tail down. Kedesh la yalu alein hazaharn. Another 
form of contraception that the the uh, the male rams will not go onto them. My mashma the high kavul lishner the leavid perihu. Who told you that this word kavul is is a lush and is a terminology of the leavid perihu of not being productive peri is fruit to not have fruits. Tichsiv the pasuk says like this. It says that Chiram uh, was uh, was telling Shlomo Hamelach that you know that he, that Hamelach hired the men of of Tzor to do work for the. We spoke about this way back with the treles. They had special people, you know, with dying the treles. So, so the way he paid him back was he gave him back 20 cities. So Shlomelech paid back, uh, the way he paid for, for the work was with 20 cities. So Hiram, who's the king, he, he says, My brother, what are these cities that you're giving me? And he called this city, Eretz Kavul Adayamazeh. He called it Eretz of Kavul, uh, a tied up uh, land. Umay Eretz Kavul. What's this, uh, you know, wrapped up land? Amrav Huna, Adam, the Kesav of Azav. There were people that were tied and they were wrapped up in gold and silver and gold. So he says, Amalei Rava, Ihachi, if that's true, that these cities were full of wealthy people, so Hainu Dechsev doesn't make sense. The Pasuk says, Vila Yashur Be'enov, and he wasn't happy. Why? Why would he not be happy if, if the uh, people, the inhabitants of these 20 cities were wealthy? They had gold and silver. They were fine. Why was he not happy? So Amalei, and yeah. That is a reason for the ruler to be unhappy. Why? Because Kevin, the Asiri, since they're taken care of, they have wealth, they're on government programs. Umefanke, loy avdi avita. Since they're, they're wealthy and they're mafunik, they're, they're sensitive, loy avdi avita, they're not going to go to work. So therefore, he was upset. It's just funny that today we were discussing, within our CRC, we were discussing some, several companies are either closing down or, or stopping production, not because of COVID-19 specifically, because so many workers had gone on government programs during the last couple weeks, they don't want to go back to work. So they're getting paid more to be Asiri Mafanke, they're not going to work. So fascinating how that's what's uh, going to end the food chain in America is the programs. Not, not because of the COVID-19, because of the programs. But anyways, you see this concept where when everything's taken care of for a person, there's no need to work. What's the motivation to work? You gave me 20 cities of people. They have wealth. They're mafunuk. They're not lifting a finger. So what, what good is it for me? So that's why he was complaining. Now, what do you see from here? You see that the word michubala means wrapped in something. So or tied on. So they had gold tied to them, and they had, that, that was what the Rechelim would go out kevulais. Okay, that's one answer. Rav Nachem Bar Yitzhak Amar Eretz, I'm sorry, I, 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 uh, I made a mistake. What, what I meant to say was, kevulais meant a lushen of not productive. So how do I see that kevulais means unproductive? And we're trying to figure out that that's the, you know, the, uh, the uh, way the Rechelim would go tied so they wouldn't be productive. That's from this pasuk of mechubalim mekesavazav. It's unproductive through the silver and gold that the citizens had. They were unproductive. So that's the uh, that's the mechubalim here. Next, the reason why he wasn't happy with this land was eretz chaim tain haisa. It was a land that was you know a salty earth, and it wasn't fruitful, and that's why Hiram wasn't happy with this gift. So vamai karile kavul. Why was it called kavul? Dimistarga bakar when a person put his feet in. 
put his feet in there, would, would sink at Kavla, until his ankle. So Kavla means until your ankle. It was so, it was not a good land, not good soil, that you would, your feet would just sink into it until your ankle, and that's why it was called Kavla. It's called the Eretz Kavula, which is what he said in the Pasuk, that does not produce fruit. So either way, we have this source that Kavla means a lack of production. Next. Kivunais. So back to this uh, Mishnah. The Mishnah said that the Rechelim, the Yus, could go out. Kivunais. What does this mean? My Kivunais, which is, you know, the Arsenal calls it fastened. Sometimes, you know, you're, you're putting things together. Shemachabn Oisai Lamelas. They would wrap a, a uh, cloth on the, on the wool of this U the, the day that it was born. First day it was born, they would wrap it up in order to make this. Uh, the wool to be called melas. Melas is this special wool as, as white as, as it can be. Now the way to, to manufacture it is the day of birth. It seems like Rashi says that the, the mother would lick up the wool and the wool would be as white as can be and he would wrap it and, and uh, contain it to make this clothing melas. So that's what they would go out. So Rechelim, so these these little uh, ewes could go out kivunais wrapped up for melas. Kidetan went to the Mishnah. Se'es, tsaras, which is one of the terms of tsaras is se'es. So we're back to uh, last week's parsha. So what is se'es? It's ketsemer lavan. It's, it's as white as wool. So the Gemara says, my tsemer lavan. What does the Mishnah mean when it says tsemer lavan in Mesechtus Negaim? Amra baby barabaya, ketsemer naki ben yoimoy, shemechabnin oisoy le melas. You have this uh, one day old wool. Of, of, a, of a sheep that's one day old. So that is mechab and oitzel melas. They, they uh, wrap it in order to create this melas wool. Next. So the Mishnah said, v'ha'izim and goats could go out, yoitzel seruas could go out with their pouch guarding the udders. So itmar. Ravam. So by the way, so the machloikis was, you had one sheet that said it's aser. Then we had a machloikis. Then Rabbi Huda said, it depends. If it's, if it's going liyavesh, to dry it out, it's mother. But if it's going to collect the milk, it would be also. So it's my rabbi, that it depends what you're doing it for. It depends on the purpose. If it's to dry out the udders, that's fine. But if it's just to collect the milk, so putting a pouch there, that would be also. The halacha is like rabbi yoisi. Even if you're drying it out, it would be also. There are those that said, brought down this Gemara. As if it was a standalone machlekes Rav and Shmuel, without, you know, putting names of Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Yosi to it. Rav Amar liyavesh mutter v'loy lechalav. Rav says to dry out the udders. That's mutter v'loy lechalav, but not to not to capture the milk. Shmuel Amar echadzeh ve'echadzeh aser. One or the other, either one would be aser. The Ikka Damasin are those that brought down this psak of Shmuel. Aha, on the following brisa. The Bible says like this: Izim liyavesh, that goats could go out truis tied up with a pouch liyavesh to dry out the udders but not to collect the milk. That's halacha. Avo me mephis. Who's gonna mephis is like a raffle? Like we had pious as a raffle. Who's gonna have this raffle? That's gonna figure out who knows easily avish You're not gonna know if the pouch was there to dry it out or it's there to collect the milk. So therefore, although you're right, technically, as long as it's f- fulfilling the purpose of the cow to dry out the milk, it should be mutter. 
So, but since I'm not going to know if you're collecting the milk or drawing out the udders, it's impossible for an onlooker to see some type of maris ayin here. in makirin. So loy plug, we don't differentiate echad zeh ve'echad zeh aser. Whether it's to collect the milk, whether it's to dry out the udders, it would be aser. Amar Shmuel va'amila Amar Yehuda Amar Shmuel halacha k'rav Yehuda ben Masera halacha z'k'rav Yehuda ben Masera that they both would be usher. Now ki usher Ravin when Ravin came from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel Amar Rav Yochanan he sent him Rav Yochanan halacha k'tanakama that it's mutter like the Tanakama which is not like Ravin Shmuel which is mutter whether you're drawing it out or you're collecting milk all these things are normal it's a tachshit and therefore it would be mutter according to Rav Yochanan. Okay, Zuck the Mishnah. Next Mishnah. The Mishnah says, So we brought some of these cases earlier. So the first Mishnah said, What, what could an what, what animal go out with to Rosh Hashanah on Shabbos? And now we'll see the flip side. What can they not go out with? So let's see. A gummel cannot go out with a mitul telas. What was a, a mitul telas? So there's two, two ways of understanding it. Rashi brings down two different shatim. One shot would be a, uh, I'm sorry, Rashi means not one shot. There's another shot found in the other One of them would be like the saddle cloth from yesterday. That was the that would be a mitul telas. However, we're going to see it. The other uh, other sheet that makes more sense that they had this um, a, a pillow that would hold back <clears throat> uh, that, that they would put underneath the tail and would hold back things from falling. So another shot of mitul telas. We'll see later on as we get further on in the uh, camel discussion what exactly we're talking about. Now, when we say you can't go out with it, the reason for this was is that it might fall, and if it falls, you're not going. You're going to pick it up in Rosh Hashanah. You're going to walk Dalaramis. So let's see. You can't go out with the mitul telas. And lay akud. You cannot, akud means like an akeda, to tie, to tie his feet and hands together. We're going to see what exactly is defined as akud. V'loi ruggle, and you can't go out when it's tied in what's called ruggle, which sounds like the, uh, the hand is, is, uh, is tied. You have a foreleg of a camel, should have gotten the picture, and it's tied in a way where the camel was basically walking on three legs. The front arm is tied in a way that the arm cannot reach the floor. So that's what we're going to call ruggle. You can't do that. V'chein, shar, behemois, other animals, they cannot go out like that as well. Next, l'yikshar, gemalim, zeh, You cannot tie two camels to each other, you know, with a rope. V'yimshar, and pull it. You can't pull the rope. Avol machnes, chavalim, l'soich, yodoi, v'yimshar. But if you take many ropes together in your hand, and and walk it, that's fine. As long as you don't wrap it around your finger. So we're going to see what's the difference between gemalim uh, versus just holding on to some of them or holding on to all of them in one hand and then walking like that. So we're going to see. Tana, we learned in a brisa. A camel cannot go out with this mitul teles, with this uh, cushion that's tied onto it. Bizanava with its tail. If it's tied onto the tail, you cannot do that. It could go out if it's tied onto the tail and the hump. 
Why? Because then it's secure. If it's secure, then it's not going to fall out, fall off on Shabbos. If it's not going to fall off, there's no concern. I'm going to pick it up in Rosh Hashanah. However, if this cloth is not fastened well to the hump and to the tail, then you cannot, the camel cannot walk out with that on Shabbos, even if it enjoys it. The concern is, I'm going to pick it up on Shabbos if it falls off. I'm a rabbi Bishilyasa. Let's say it had a cloth that was tied around its shilya, its placenta was hanging out. So you could tie it with a cloth and it could walk out with that on Shabbos. That would be also a heter, Mishum Tsar Balechayim. It's in Tsar, it's in pain. So we would allow it to, to hold on to it. Okay. Next. The Mishnah said that a camel cannot go out when it's akud, when it's tied like an akeda, or tied like that. So let's see what these mean. What does akud mean? When you tie one hand and one foot together. That's called akeda. That's how Yitzchak, the son of Avram, Yitzchak Avinu, was tied by the akedas Yitzchak. So the truth is, uh, by Yitzchak, it was it was really the opposite. His hand was tied behind his back to the leg. So here you're not doing that. You're just tying, you know, I guess uh, the front of the animal. It's not it's not you know leaning back that, that the leg that the legs are tied behind its back. So, but it's similar in the concept that Akeda means hand tied to leg. Ruggel, what does Ruggel mean? You don't bend the hand. So you're bending the hand of the camel. So imagine this is the camel's uh, foreleg, what we're going to call it a hand. So you'd bend it and you would tie it over here so it, it can't walk. So you cannot do that. Fine. <clears throat> Why do you want to do that? What are you worried about? So you're worried about it running away. So this is, this is your safety, uh, your safety feature. So this is too much. This is too much. It's too much in pain. So you cannot do that. So it's called a masoi. So Mesve, we asked the Kasha. It says, Akud, and the Bible says, Akud is That Akud means two hands tied together, or two legs tied together, not hand to leg. And, and That's not what Akud means. And Varugal, which is, we, we said the same thing. The same thing, we are basically walking on three legs. So at least the first part of the Kasha is Akud one hand to one leg, or is it two hands tied to each other and two legs tied to each other? So the Gemara says, It's not a problem. He holds like this Tana. The Tani went in a Baisa, Akura Kidas Yadvaragal, Oi, Shteya Daim Mushteraglayim. It's either Akidas Yadvaragal, tying one hand to one leg, or tying two hands to each other, or two legs to each other. That's called Akida. And Ragal is Shalyakov. You shouldn't tie the hand onto the arm and tie it. That would be a problem. So the Gemara says, but it's not the same. The first part and the second part, which is hand to leg and the bent leg, that's fine. That we understand. The middle part, which says you could, t- tying two hands together is defined as Akida. Kasha, it's a Kasha of Yuda. He holds. Akud means only akidas yadvaregel, like Yitzchak ben Avram, not tying two hands to each other. Ella, rather, who the Amar Kiyatana, he learned like this Tana, 
that says, It's machoikas. It's machoikas in the Tanoim. So it's not a problem. One Tana holds that Akeda is just a term. It's a term for tying. It could be tying two hands together, a hand to a leg. Either one. That's the terminology of Akeda. While Rav Yehuda holds like a different Tana who holds that Akeda is not just a generic term for tying. Akeda is very specific. It's specifically tying a hand to a leg. Next, Velo Yitshar, Gemalim, you cannot tie camels to each other. My Taima, what's the reason? But if you tie a bunch of camels to each other, imagine you're leading a, a pack of camels. I don't know if you've ever seen you know, some uh, film of something that you see like a bunch of camels, you know, one after the other, and uh, you know, walking, walking to the market. So that would be a problem. Amravashi, what's the problem? It looks like he's going to sell his camel at the market. That's the way you would do it. You would lead your animals to the market. You would sell your camel. That's, that was the business back then. So that's what it looks like by having them tied one to the other, front to back. So you cannot do that. Now, just by the way, it seems like a Maris Ayan halacha that one is not allowed to to walk out like this on Shabbos, Mishum Marasain. It looks like you're leading it out to the market. So there's a very uh, famous shach. So if anyone learns the Yeridea, Basim Chalav, the halachas of, of, of a you know, kosher kitchen, so the first, one of the first uh, topics you learn there is a concept of Marasain. Can a person do things in their kitchen that looks like Marasain? So the Ramah over there discusses, can a person uh, either cook or, uh, or, or, or uh, yeah, basically cooking together chicken and almond milk. So back then they had almond milk as well. Before uh, Blue Diamond and Silk almond milk, they had Chalav Shkedim 500 years ago. So can a person cook uh, almond milk with chicken? So what would be the concern? The concern would be that it looks like you're cooking chicken and milk, which is only Asr Mid So the Ramah says, it's mutter, no problem. Why? There's no such thing as Maris Ayin on a halacha on a dirabanan. That if at most someone would suspect you're doing an isa dirabanan, there's no such thing as maris ayin. So comes along the shach on the side of Shochanarch, and he brings a right from Argamara. He quotes Shabbos Taf Nundalad, that there clearly is a concern of maris ayin on a din dirabanan. He brings a right from here that you cannot tie camels. He actually brings a right from the next Mishnah, but the same concept that it looks like you're going to the market and you're going to be selling your animals on Shabbos, which is only an isa dirabanan. Of of doing business on Shabbos, still there is a halacha concern of Marasain, and that's really how we paskin. So there's a question: Can a person serve his non-dairy uh, creamer? You have your almond milk. Can a person have that by his table with the with the challenge or something? So it's a very good question. So the paskin say that when it comes to Marasain, we go by what people consider to, you know, what, what's considered you know normal. So let's say a person, let's say a Let's say uh, a person shaves. He has a very good shaver, and he shaves. So Rav Asherweiss asks, is that a problem of Marasai? And people are going to think you used a razor? No, everybody knows. There's kosher shavers available. You figure out how to do it. So in a, in a culture where, or, or in a society where people typically use you know, dairy uh, replacement or you know, non-dairy, you, know, you have margarine, non-dairy ice cream. So although 40, 50 years ago, the price can discuss, can a person, can a caterer serve non-dairy ice cream after uh, a fleshic meal? And there was a whole discussion in the price game. Rabbi Yosef has a tshuva, Rabbi Shefeinstein, they discussed this. Today, we could argue that 
there's, there's a, 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 a strong percentage of products on the market that are non-dairy. You go to your ice cream, uh, you, go, you go to your ice cream section in your supermarket. Half the products there are non-dairy ice cream or uh, milk substitutes, oat milk, almond milk, all these different things. So it's uh, today definitely there would not be a concern of Myrasai. And people know there's power of uh, available, power of margarine, power of all these things. So that would not be a concern. Just by the way, there's a there's a there's a uh, a kosher's policy that's that's being changed slowly which is for Pesach, we always allow people to purchase milk before Pesach. If you purchase milk before Pesach, we say there's no real concern for chametz. Maybe the vitamins would be chametz. They'd be buckle anyways. So there's a new product called oat milk. Now, oat milk is chametz. For many years, we never had a beverage going on in the dairy that was actual chametz. But now with the popularity of oat milk, so you can have oat milk being pasteurized, which means cooked, for uh, the layman, it means being cooked on the same equipment as your regular milk. So you can actually have chametz milk before Pesach, after Pesach. So it's not as prevalent as, you know, other things, but it's picking up. So we'll see within the next couple of years, depending on how much, uh, you know, uh, popularity it gets, we might have to switch that mahalach and you might need to have kosher Pesach milk. Okay, next. So the Mishnah said you could take the ropes and put it into your hand, and that's how you could walk, as long as you don't uh, wrap it onto your hand. So you could put it in your hand, but you can't wrap the rope on your hand. Amrav Ashi, this halacha of wrapping it on your hand, that has nothing to do with Hilcha Shabbos. That was a halacha el Indian kalayim. That's talking about kalayim, a mixture. Now, there are many types of kalayim. There's growing kalayim together. There's wearing shatnas. So there are differences different categories of kalayim. So the Gemara asks, kalayim demai. What type of kalayim are you talking about? So now we're assuming that there's a halacha, the Pasuk says, a person cannot plow a ox and a donkey together. That's called kalayim. It's one of the categories of kalayim. It's an isodaraisa. One of the reasons, the Ibn Ezra, I think, the Ibn Ezra brings, one of the reasons is, is that an ox chews its cud. What that means is, if you ever go to a zoo, it, you know, it eats its, uh, its, its grain, goes down the first stomach, comes back up, and he keeps chewing it. And he keeps eating. The whole day, he's eating. So the chamar is looking at the shar, and he says, this guy gets food, and I, I don't get anything. I, I only got breakfast, and the chamar is constantly eating. I mean, and the shar is constantly eating. So what the chamar doesn't realize is that the shar is eating the same food over and over. He's chewing its cut. So that's why it's called a chamar. But the chamar would be jealous of the shar. So the Ibn Ezra writes, that's part of the reason why there's a problem of that you can't plow a ox and donkey together. So we're assuming the same way I can't have an ox and a donkey together, you can't have a person and an ox plow together. And by pulling or by wrapping the, uh, the camel in my arm and, and pulling it as if I'm pulling with the camel together. That's the Gemara's kasha. So the Gemara says, Elema kalayim da adam. If you're worried about that the, the person and the camel are pulling together, that's not a problem. Well, it's not what the Mishnah and Kalayim Parachas. Adam muterim kulam. Lachroish velimshech. A person's allowed to plow. You're allowed to pull. There's no problem. Whether you're doing it with a dog, you're doing it with a cow, there's no problem of kalayim with a man and a, a person can get into the, uh, the yoke with, uh, with a cow next to him and start plowing. If that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. So that can't be what we're talking about kalayim, shatnas. Ella kalayim de chavalim. We're talking about the ropes are climb, they're shotness. So some of them are made out of 
wool and some are made out of linen. And when you wrap it together, you are putting it, you're putting client together. So you had a linen strap and a wool strap, so that would be a problem. So the Gemara says, Vatanya, Vatnan, Achas, If you just have one uh, binding, that's not called connected, and that would not be a problem when it comes to Shanas. It has to be that you have Tzema, Ropishtim, Yachdav, together. How do I have together? Two tyings, two knots, something strong, not just one wrap. So why are we concerned is, you know, wrap his wool, uh, wool um, leash with the linen leash, that's not a problem. We're talking about the straps, and that is an issue. What's the, what's the problem? Don't wrap it and tie it because it could be kalim. So it seems like the, the standard uh, leash would be either tzemer or tishtim. So the Mishnah is telling you, by the way, what if, independent of Shabbos, when you're pulling your camels, don't wrap it around your arm, your hand, and tie it because you might have a problem of shatness. Omar Shmuel, Shmuel says, that a, uh, you can't allow the, the rope to go, under, to, to go below your arm, a tefach. Meaning, if you're holding onto the rope, so here's my pen, don't let the pen, which is the end of the rope, stick out more than a tefach, because then it looks like you're carrying this on Shabbos and Rosh Hashanah, and it doesn't look like you're just simply leading your camels. So the Gemara says, You have two Tvachim, not just one Tefach. So Rabbi says, No. Now that we know that Shmuel said a Tefach, and in the Tanah Debe Shmuel, which means his yeshiva, they taught Tvachim, so Shmuel must have been Halacha Lamaisa Asla He was telling them Halacha Lamaisa that a person should not be makal with Isurim. When he was teaching in yeshiva, he was telling them, when you paskin for people, tell them, tell them they only have one tefach. So, but really, halacha, halacha is a tefach, is, uh, you, have t- you have two tefachim. So what's he doing? He's trying to, to control the concept of people just being makal. That if, that if, uh, if he would tell them, you have, a te- you have, you have, two, t- you have two tefachim, so they wouldn't be so mock paper. If you tell them they have a tefach, so you give yourself a buffer that just in case they don't listen to me exactly, so but the event, I'm still fine. So this does come up in halacha. People, many times, you know, people have a minog or not a minog, but like a custom to double wrap things. So very often we double wrap things. It's one of these type of halachas that that's what you should do. If you didn't do it, you ask a shayla. Many times it ends up being mutter, but there's a standard of psak. Not every halacha needs to be like this, but over the course of time, this comes with uh, you know experience. And if you learn by, by uh, you know, the, the, the older experienced Paiskim, they'll say, yeah, you have a great idea and you're right, but don't tell that to people because they're going to be doing a lot worse. So there's some buffer you do. That's just a practice. So next, Vatanya, we looked in a bright, so this is on Radalim and Bayes, that you don't have a Tafach or Tafachayim. You could have it, you could have it uh, extending past your hand as long as it's lifted up from the Karka, from the ground, a Tafach. So it could be a few feet dangling, as long as it's not within the tefach of the ground. So the Gemara says, "Kitaniyai bechavlo debeni beni." That's talking about the rope between your hand and the camel. So when it's when it's uh, sloping, so it can't slope, it can't dangle within a tefach of the ground, because then it looks like you're holding the rope, and you're just carrying a rope in Rosh Hashanah. However, as long as it's lifted a tefach off the ground throughout the entire uh, length of the rope. 
then everybody knows you're simply leading your camel. It's the camel's rope. You're not carrying it on Shabbos. Next, Mishnah. It's not the Mishnah. In Hamar. It's kind of like about Marisayin also then. About the tenafah, how long it's supposed to slow. Oh, so right. So you're right. You're bringing even more rias to the shach. The shach has many rias. He has many rias throughout shas that we do see maris ayin on the dirabanan. So that's what barrel. That's what you're getting to. 100. This would be definitely a great raya that we do say maris ayin on dinim dirabanan, right? Although this specific one would be a din deraisa. Some of them would not be. So if you're carrying your Rosh Rabim, that looks like you're carrying, you know, something your Rosh would be a Deraisa. But you're right, there are other times in this daf, and we'll see. This whole daf Nandalad and many other parts of Shas bring us proof that we do say Maris Ayin on Dinim Derabana. Next. So the Mishnah, in Chamar Chamar cannot go out with a saddlecloth Bismanch in a Kashuraloi when it's not tied onto it. As we said, if it wasn't tied onto him already from Arab Shabbos from Friday, that shows that this chamar doesn't need it to keep it warm. Because if it needed it to keep it warm, it would always tie it. It would always be t- tied onto him. Next, v'leib zug, a chamar cannot go out with a zug. A zug is a bell. Afa pishu pakuk. Even if the bell is stuffed up, it's not going to make noise. Still, he can't go out. We'll see in the gemara why not. V'leib sulam shebet and now with a ladder. So there was some type of wooden yoke that was in the shape of a ladder. So you imagine a wooden beams going this way and that way, you know, perpendicular, and you have this, it looks like a ladder, or your tic-tac-toe um, board. He can't go out with that. We'll see what the, what the purpose was that for. Vilei Ritzua Shebaragli, can't go out with a Ritzua, a, uh, a strap that's tied onto his leg. We're going to see all these halachas. You, the chickens cannot go out with these strings tied to them. Vilei Ritzua Shebaragli, and not with a strap Leather strap on their legs. Another halacha of Eina Zacharim Yotzin Magala. These male rams could not go out with this wagon. They used to have some type of wagon support to support their uh, fat tails. We'll see what, what, the, what the purpose of that was for. Next, Veina Rechelim Yotzin Chanunois. The Rechelim they use cannot go out Chanunois. We're going to see what that means. Veina Egel Yotzin Begimoin. Egel, a calf, cannot go out with a gimoin, a small yoke. Again, we're going to explain all these things. para ba'ara kupar, and a, a para, a cow cannot go out with an ara kufar, ara of this uh, of, of a kufar. We're going to see that. Um, actually, we'll look at that picture now. I sent you a picture of this uh, hedgehog. So they used to have, they made a leather pouch from the outer shell or skin of this hedgehog. So you look at the hedgehog; it's a very uh, very pointy. Uh, animal, and that would keep away these uh, leeches or other animals from coming to take the milk from the udders, from the cow. So they would use this hedgehog skin as a deterrent for people stealing the milk, okay? So in today's world, they're dumping milk, but back then, milk was a commodity. And now with a strap that's between its horns. Next, Parasus Rabbi Lezer ben Isaiah, this is a famous uh, Mishnah, that the cow, Rabbi Lezer ben Isaiah, used to go out with the, with the uh, leather strap between its horns. And the Chum were upset at it, and they said they felt that he shouldn't have had his cow going out. So we're going to explain all these things. 
So first we said the chamar, the donkey can, cannot go out with a mardas, with the saddle cloth, unless it was tied already from Friday. My time, what's the reason? Kedah maron, like we taught already on Daphnon Gimel and Aleph, that if it's not tied already from Friday, obviously the, 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 the donkey doesn't need it. So that's first halacha of the Mishnah. Next. And it can't go out with a bell, even though it's pukuk, it's, it's stuffed up, it's not going to make noise. What will be the problem? Here's another dinder barrel. Looks like you're taking it to the market, even though the animals always could wear bells, but you would typically wear the bell when you brought it to the market and you'd make noise and you would sell it. That would be an isra derabanon of Mecca, Chomemcha, and Shabbos. A din, Maris Ayan. Next, Vlad the Sulam Shabbat Savari, now with a Sulam, this ladder uh, device on its neck, Umrav Huna, Beiloya, it was to protect the cheek. It was on the side of the cheek. And what was the purpose of it? Ulamai Avdile, Lehechad Isle Maka. Let's say in a situation where the donkey had a, a maka, a wound on its neck or on its back, so they didn't want the animal you know, rearing its head back to scratch himself. So they would tie this, they would put this, you know, this uh, ladder-like brace or guard to lay hader chayach, but he can't turn his head and scratch himself with his teeth. Next, you can't uh, put this ritzua, this strap on its legs. They used to do this, uh, that it, it, would be, it, would be, it would hurt for him to, uh, to go... To, to take long strides. So by this, they would have, they would shorten the strides by tying its legs together. So that is usr to do. Okay? ha. I'm sorry, one second. I'm sorry, it's the opposite. They would try to get this, this, this donkey's legs to take longer strides. So they would do that. So that's the Ritsua Shabaragloi. You cannot do that on Shabbos. Next, the chickens cannot go out with these chutin, these strings. What was the problem? What was the purpose of it? They would have, make a simon, like when you have a baby. So in the hospital, they give you a little, uh, a little band with the scan, a scan code. So you know you took your own, uh, your own kid home. So they used to have this with the chickens. You don't end up with the wrong chicken. So you had your, your code. The truth is, and with cows today, if you ever drive on the side of uh, the road in Minnesota, so country road, you'll steal the cows. If you look, they all have a tag. There's a tag on every single cow. So there's a whole history, and you can know if there was surgery done to the cow. Many different uh, uh, you know, reasons why all animals are tagged. So that was the tag. So it could be today, they would, they would be fine. I don't know. But back then, they would not be allowed to walk with Shasarabim with their band. The loy bertsua. What was the reason of this bertsua? The strap on its leg. So the abdilay did it. the top of money. So it wouldn't break Caleb. Now one of two things: either it would kick things, the chicken would kick things. So you you tie it, the feet together, so it can't kick things. Rashi says that it would step on pebbles, and the pebbles would shoot out like a bavakama, shoot out and destroy things. So they would just tie the feet together, so you don't have to deal with it. So it should not walk out with that on Shabbos. The male rams cannot go out with that gala with the wagon. What was the point of it? They would put a wagon underneath the tail, because the tail was very heavy, and it would drag. So in order to so shouldn't drag and hurt itself, they had a wagon underneath the tail. 
The Rechelim, the Jews, cannot go out. What's Chanunois? So we're going to see. Yosef, Rav Acha, Bar Ulo, Kamid, Rav Chistov. Yosef, Akarma said the following. What's Chanunois? It's Mishosheh, Goiz, and Oisa. When they shear the wool of this sheep, so, to, so it gets cold because they have this thick wool uh, coat, and now it's gone. Took a haircut. So what do they do? Taimnin La Azak. They would uh, wrap up a, a, a compress. Beshemen with oil, they put it on its forehead, in order that it should not get too cold. So that was what is called a chanunais. We're going to see how that fits with the word chanunais. Hold on. You made the sheep like Marukva, meaning you're treating it like a king, like Marukva, who is the Avbezdin, that you're, uh, you're pampering your sheep, it gets cold, you have this uh, compress, and you're, you're, you're taking care of it. Way overboard, it doesn't make sense. When it kneels to give birth, so what they do is timing law. We we uh we're timing these two uh, uh, uh these two azokin of shemen of oil a compress until she warms up. So one on the womb, one on the forehead, another uh you know. Extra comforts. I'm like Nachman and Cain, Asisa Yalta. You mean like Yalta, which was his wife. So like the, like a an important woman that were taking care of her, all pampering. What are we doing? It's a sheep. There's a certain tree in a distant land. Its name is Khan. Mavina Kesim, you took a wood chip from this tree. You put it up its nose. It should sneeze. And the worms of its head will fall out. So that was this Hanunin thing. So don't have this Hanunin in its nose on Shabbos. Walking out. So if this was the purpose, so what's specifically for Rechel and for the use? Don't the men, the, the, the male rams also have this worm issue? Since these rams... Your uh, St. Louis Rams or your LA Rams, they're always uh, goring each other. Mimela Naflon, it falls out on its own. You don't need the stick shoving into its nose. The worms are going to fall out. Shimon Azira Amar, Kisma Derisma. It's a kesem, kesem, kesem means a, 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 a chip, like a wood chip. Derisma of this rosem wood, this rosem tree. So that was what they used to shove up its nose. So according to Rav Huna, Rav Huna made a lot of sense. There's a tree called Chanun. That wood chip is called Chanunais. Makes sense. Al Rabbanon, who say you take this warm compress and you put it and you and you're warming up the sheep. What does that have to do with Chanunais? El Rabbanon, my Chanunais. It's like Marsha Davdina Milsa de We do some act of mercy, Rachmanis, on the sheep. By warming it up, that is why it's called Chanunais. Next, Vene Egel Yotze Begimon, this Egel, this uh, calf cannot go with a Gimon. My Egel Begimon, Amra Vuna Barnira, it's a small yoke. Amra Belazar, my Mashma, how do you know that the high Nimon, Lishna de Mechaf, that Nimon means to, to bend, which putting a yoke on you would make you bend. Why? How do we see that Nimon, uh, I'm sorry, how do we see that Gimon is called Mechaf? Tersiv, it says in Yeshaya, Halachoiv Ka'agmon Roshai. Yeshaya is uh, chastising Klaus, and he's saying, "Is there any tayelas? Is any benefit of you leaning down and and uh, you know leaning over, bending over, as if as if you care about the, your actions to Hakadosh Baruch Hu? If you don't do tshuva, it's very nice to to clap al chait." And Yeshaya says, "If you didn't do tshuva, what's the point of bending?" So you see that that this is called 
bending, and putting a yoke, that's the, uh, the lotion of, of gimayin. Good. para ba'ar ha'kupar, the para, the, the uh, cow cannot go out with this or with the skin on uh, of kupar. What was the kupar? The avdile, they made this uh, hedgehog skin. So the leeches should not get into the udders. So they had this, this skin that would uh, be a deterrent to keep them out from attacking the milk. It can't go out with a ritsua, a strap between its horns, talking about a cow. So the Gemara says, according to Rav, if the Mishnah goes like Rav, Rav holds whether it's Lenoi. Whether it's for Shmira, it will be Asr, because it's a Shmira Yaseira. According to Rav, it would always be Asr. If we go like Shmua, Ila Shmua, Lenoi Asr, but Lashamar Motor, Lenoi is Asr for, for appearance. The strap in between the horns would be Asr, but Lashamar, if you're doing it for Shmira, even though it's a Shmira Yaseira, it's excessive, Shmua says it's Mutter, that was the previous Fudafim. Next, one final Gemara. Parasai Shel Rabbi Lazar Ben the, the cow of Rabbi Lazar Ben would go out with this. Ritsua between its horns. So the Gemara says, V'chad v'para havile. Rabbi Lazar ben Azai only had one cow. V'ha'amarav, amarav, v'huda amarav, tracer alpha igle, 12,000 calves, have a ma'asir Rabbi Lazar ben Azai, me'edre koshata v'shata. Every year, he would give ma'asir, and the ma'asir would be 12,000 calves. So do the math, he had many more than one calf. You got to figure out which year he lived in doing ma'asir. So look at Taisvis, Rashi, Taisvis, the Rishonim discussed that. But either way, he had, he had more than one calf. So the Gemara says, Tana, famous Gemara, it wasn't his. It wasn't his calf. He had many calves. It was his neighbor's calf. Because he didn't object. He, didn't, he was not Moiche. It was his fault. So let's, let's do one piece. They all taught the following din. That the Kulei de Seder Moed, in all of Seder Moed, Kolki Haizuga, whenever you have uh, this peer, Chalufei uh, Rabbi Yechanan, whenever you have this peer of Rab, Rabbi Chanina, Rabbi Yechanan, and Rabbi Chaviva, don't read it as Rabbi Yechanan, rather read it as Rabbi Yechanan. Uma'ayil Rabbi Yechanan. Now, and this is what they said. If someone has the ability to tell the people in his house to not do the Averis, V'loy Micha, and he doesn't. He doesn't care. So nitvas al anche beisai. He will get punished for the averus of his own home. Now again, we're talking about where he's efsher limchais. He's able to. If they're not going to listen to him, there's a whole different parsha. But assuming that he could have an influence on the people around him. Next, ba the people of his community, nitvas al And if he doesn't object to what they're doing, he's also at fault. Bechol elam kula. If someone had the ability to influence the entire world, and he decides not to let your person as a king or, or the like. So, nispas akola olam kulai. And everyone. So, it's interesting. A person, you know, think about life. There are people in life that we do have influence on, whether it's on our table in shul, by our Shabbos table. There are people in life that we could maybe say, you know, something of rebuke or be inspiring to them, however method is effective. Again, sometimes, you know, macha directly is not effective, but using seicho, there are many opportunities in life for a person to inspire, to help his a fellow Jew. If a person doesn't do that, and Klape Shemayim Galia, in heaven they know that it was Efshelah, he was able to, he didn't want to, so he gets punished. The people of Reish Kalusa, so Reish Kalusa was somewhat of like a king figure when we were in Bavel. So Nisbesu Akuli 
they are punished for the entire world. The Pasuk says, Hashem will come in judgment through the Zikanim, the elders of the people, the Sarav and the rulers. So if the rulers sin, Zikanim, now the Pasuk over there is referring to the rulers sinning. So what did the Zikanim do? They were sitting and learning all day. al it means for the Zakanim, Akavish Baruch is going to come to Mishpat. Why? Shalai Michu Bisarim. They didn't object on the, the people that were running uh, Klai Yisrael. They didn't object to what they were doing. And since they could have, Klape Shmaya they could have objected. So they're punished. So it's a good muster. We see that even Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar and Azariah, he was, uh, didn't do anything wrong. But his, his, uh, his neighbor, uh, uh, had this cow going out on Shabbos. He could have objected. So the Mishnah calls it as if it's his cow. His cow did not keep Shabbos and he was over uh, on Shvisa's Behemtai. All right, Shkoyach.